Hello, I'm Tommy Peeler, and this is Carefully Examining the Text. In our episode today, we want to discuss Psalm 32. Psalm 32 is called a Psalm of David, a mescal. Listen to these words. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone pray to you in a day, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Salah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not, uh, do not be as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check, otherwise they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness, shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright." Psalm 32 begins with its conclusion. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. But as we look at this particular psalm, we're going to try to outline it this way. First of all, the burden of sin is stressed in verses 3 through 5. The burden of sin is stressed. You notice in these passages that sin and keeping silent about his sin has had a profound psychological and physical effect on David. In verse 3, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. It was as if all his body, all his being was affected by bearing his sin, by refusing to acknowledge and confess his sin. In verse 3, through my groaning all day long, all day long, the text tells us, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. The text emphasizes here that this unconfessed sin was having a profound psychological effect and the pain was perpetual. Notice at the end of verse 3, this was said to go on all day long. In the first of verse 4, day and night. So day and night, all day long, these things were perpetual. And the text stresses that God's hand was heavy upon him. In verse 4, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. 
The burden of his sin was so great as God was seeking to bring him to confession. He says God's hand was heavy upon him. The Bible tells us that Naomi uses similar words in Ruth 1 in verse 13 in describing her situation to her daughters-in-law. The hand of the Lord was heavy against me. We find the hand of the Lord was heavy against the Philistines in 1 Samuel 5 verses 6 and 7 and 9. But in verse 4, the hand of the Lord is heavy upon David. Now, in the previous psalm, in Psalm 31 in verse 5, David said, Into your hand I commit my spirit. And in Psalm 31 verse 15, All my times are in your hand. While he committed everything to God's hand in Psalm 31, here in Psalm 32, God's hand is heavy against him. But it's not God's fault. It is his fault because he's refusing to acknowledge his sin and refusing to turn from it. The Bible says he who conceals his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes his sin will be blessed. Proverbs 23, Proverbs 28 and verse 13. As he pictures the burden of sin, it is a heavy burden. God's hand is heavy on me, and it is draining his strength. It is zapping his energy. As he says in verse 4, my vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Sin and unconfessed sin was a burden too heavy for him to bear. It was a burden too big for him to carry. And it is taking all of his energy, all of his strength. And the text tells us the profound physical effects of sin. Sin is a burden that we cannot manage. But this psalm which speaks of the heavy burden of sin also speaks of the joy and blessings of forgiveness in verses 1 and 2. So our first point, the burden of sin is stressed in verses 3 through 5. Our second point is the glories of God's forgiveness and the beauty of God's forgiveness in verses 1 and 2. How blessed, how blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now, that word forgiven is actually the word lifted in Hebrew. It means to lift. It means to bear. It means to carry generally. But it's often translated forgive. We just talked about how sin is a heavy burden. The hand of the Lord was heavy against David in verse 4. God's hand was heavy against him, but God has lifted that burden in verse 1, God has lifted that burden. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now, if you have an English Standard Version, you may notice that in verse 5, that same word cover is used. In verse 5, in the English Standard Version, he says, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not 
cover my iniquity. In the New American Standard Bible, in verse 5, it says, I did not hide my iniquity. But the word translated hide in verse 5 and translated cover in verse 1 is the same Hebrew word. In verse 5, we are told that we cannot successfully cover, hide, or conceal our sin. But while we cannot, God can. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the one to whom the Lord does not impute sin, or as the English standard says, to whom the Lord counts no sin. God doesn't record our sin against us. In verse 1, he lifts our burden of sin. In verse 1, he covers our burden of sin. And in verse 2, he does not write it down, does not record it in a way that's always remembered. He uses three different words for sin in verses 1 and 2, transgression, sin, and iniquity. And he uses three different terms for forgiveness, forgiven, covered, and do not count or not impute. All of these emphasize the fullness of evil and the magnitude of God's forgiveness and God's grace. This psalm emphasizes the burden of sin in verses 3 through 5. It emphasizes the blessedness of forgiveness. But this psalm also, in verse 6, takes a different tone. He wants others to learn on the basis of his experience. He says, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be healed. Surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Salah. Let everyone who's godly, he wants everyone to learn from his experience that when he held his sin in, when he refused to confess it, when he refused to acknowledge it and turn from it, it became a burden unbearable for him until finally he confessed his sin and was forgiven by God. And it was as if all the waters had been piling up before the dam, but then they were opened and all the pressure was relieved. But he says, learn from my example and pray to God. Pray to God in a time when you may be found, when he may be found. The, this may raise the question with you, when is a time in which God will not be found? Because as you read the first five verses of Psalm 32, it is very obvious that God is more ready to forgive than we are willing to confess. 
God's readiness, God's willingness, and God's ability to forgive is always present. What does it mean to pray to him at a time when he can be found? I think the idea, this is limiting not God's forgiveness, but it's emphasizing the, the deceitfulness of the human heart. The Bible calls us in Hebrews 3 and verse 13 to encourage one another daily while it's called today, lest any be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We can be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin and we can let the moment pass and refuse to turn to God and lose our opportunity. Not because God's not willing, but because we have lost the desire to turn to Him. When we see our sin, when we see our guilt, when we understand our need for His cleansing, it is better to seek Him when He may be found. And for those who do, for those who flee to God, they find God as a hiding place in verse 7. God preserves them from trouble. God surrounds them with songs of deliverance in verse 7. He surrounds us with songs of deliverance in verse 10. He surrounds us with loving kindness. God's love, God's compassion, God's songs of victory surround his people. In verse 8, there are three different terms used for teaching. I will instruct you, I will teach you, I will counsel you. Are these the words of God or the psalmist? Whichever way, the words are the same. God instructs, God teaches, God counsels, and God is telling us, don't be hard-headed. Don't learn every lesson the hard way. In verse 9, do not be as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding. The horse and mule have to be beaten in order to keep them in the right path. In Proverbs 26 and verse 3, the Bible says a whip is for the horse and a bridle for the donkeys and a rod for the back of fools. A whip for the donkey, a bridle for the horse, a rod for fools. Don't be foolish that you have to learn every lesson the hard way and that you have to be beaten to stay in the right path. That's what the psalmist experienced in verses 3 through 5. The Bible stresses in verses 10 and 11, Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous. Rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all who are upright in heart. While many sorrows accompany the wicked, gladness, rejoicing, and shouting for joy surround the righteous. This psalm has talked about the profound consequences of not, conf of not confessing and turning from our sin.
This psalm talks about the beauty and blessedness of forgiveness. And this psalm then takes a teaching approach, instructing us to learn from his example and not be hard-headed like the fool, the horse and the mule, which have to be beaten to be kept in the right path. In the novel by Nathaniel Hawthorne, The Scarlet Letter, in the first scene, Hester is called before the city and rebuked for her adultery and she is forced to wear a scarlet a to remind everyone of her sin and her guilt the priest implores her begs her please give the name of the one with whom you've committed this sin that he may come out of the shadows, that he may quit bearing his guilt in darkness, but he may come out in the light and be exposed and confessed and be forgiven. Those words in that scene become more powerful as the novel unfolds. And you find the priest who was pleading with Hester to confess the name of her co-sinner, was indeed the one who'd committed adultery with her. And throughout the book, his health and his mental well-being seems to disintegrate as he is bearing the burden of unconfessed sin. Now that's not sacred scripture, but the scarlet letter is played out in Psalm 32 as unconfessed sin becomes a burden that we cannot carry. And it can be forgiven by God's grace and by God's power. This psalm, how does this psalm point us to Jesus? This psalm celebrates God's forgiveness and God's compassion, which we know was achieved through the cross of Christ. I believe God's people in Old Testament times were forgiven. It's not that their sins were rolled forward. They were forgiven. But they were forgiven in light of the sacrifice of Jesus who is to come. They were forgiven in light of him. He is our means of forgiveness. And the words of Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not count iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Those words are quoted in Romans 4, verses 6 through 8. As the Bible is talking about salvation by faith. Salvation by faith is salvation for the forgiven man, the man whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. That is the way of salvation by faith. Friend, we appreciate you listening to our podcast. If we can help you further, in understanding the way of God, or in helping you make your life right with God, we hope you will let us know. May the Lord continue 
to bless you.